Shalom, shalom, shalom. Hey, what's going on? My name is Michael Sano, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast. I have, oh my gosh, <laughs> the biggest honor of sitting here with Lila Perlman Sopi. She is from Ben Gurion University International, the Overseas International Student Program. And she is responsible for all incoming international students. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm fine. I'm very excited to be here, Michael. Thank <laughs> you for being here. This is, I, you, I've known you. We, <clears throat> we figured it out. It's been for about five years. Yeah. I spent two summers at the Ulpan program. Mm-hmm. Um, would you, one, what is Ulpan? The Ulpan basically is an intensive program that we have in the summer or also in the winter, that is, um, its aim is to help students from all over the world to come and through an intensive, very intensive course, you can say that. Very. Right? It's very intensive. It's like a six weeks, very intensive course where you can start learning Hebrew or improving your Hebrew. And the... Special thing that the Ulpan has is that is Hebrew taught in Hebrew, so it's a very special pedagogical uh, tool, let's say, uh, that help you. It helps you uh, learn Hebrew without any. You know, it's like a shortcut. You just need to start speaking Hebrew from day one. Uh, you'll start with a ABC, and through maybe the first week, you'll already be able to speak a little bit of sentences and get along and go to the supermarket and find your way outside. Uh, Because basically this was a a technique, a pedagogical technique developed for new immigrants to Israel. So it's people that they come to live in Israel and they need to grasp the language very, very fast. The fastest, the better. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they can, you know, get... um, Immerse in the culture, in the society, find jobs, and get settled as soon as possible. So, on that note yeah. of getting acclimated, yeah. getting settled, <laughs> you, if I'm correct, were not born in Israel. No, I wasn't born in Israel. Would you, can, you, mind? you can hear that in my <laughs> accent, actually. <laughs> Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, now, where are you from? Well, I'm from Argentina, from Buenos Aires. I was born there and wow. born and raised in Buenos Aires until the age of 16, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my parents uh, decided that we'll go to live in Israel. Just, hey, let's go uh, pack not, up the suitcases. Not like that, but basically <laughs> I can tell you it was the year 1993. Wow. A long time ago, yeah. Not that long it ago. It is, it is, it is. Come on. Uh, but I was 16 back then. Okay. And my father had a, a business that he needed to close. Mm-hmm. And he really wanted to start over, start again. He liked to cook a lot. So he went and t- took a course in cooking, you know, basic cooking. He developed that. And he decided that he wanted to start over. And if you need to start over, it's better to find another place. And mm-hmm. if it was not Argentina where we all were born, the only answer for that was Israel. Uh, you know, I was educated in Jewish uh, environments all my life. Mm-hmm. Since the age of two, when I started kindergarten, it was in a 
in a Jewish school, Jewish kindergarten, Jewish uh, elementary school, and Jewish high school. Uh, and, you know, all the activities were, were within the Jewish world. Um, so they decided that Israel is our uh, goal. Uh, and yeah, we packed everything. I have two sisters. I'm the older one. So I have <laughs> two younger sisters and my parents. And we came to Israel now in September. How did, yeah. and, and, and we're not going to spend too much time on this, but I am curious, how did your family wind up in Argentina? Because I know yeah. that some of the families that are in South America mm -hmm. are some of the oldest who have come over um, to that area of the world. Well, my f my grandparents from both sides uh, are from either Poland or Ukraine or Austria, mm -hmm. and they came as very little kids to Argentina between the two wars, be before the Second World War. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, and they ended up in Buenos Aires, and you know, as many other Jewish uh, communities that, that uh, left Europe. Uh, you could say just in time before Second <laughs> World War. In the, it was in the 20s, 20, maybe late 20s. Um, so that's where my family comes from. My parents were born in Argentina. One of my grandmothers was also born in Argentina. Okay. And, and that's it. And then wow. we, we came, we crossed the now you ocean got here. again. Yeah, exactly. You got here. And where did you guys set up? We came directly to Be'er Sheva. Yay! Yeah, great city in the south of Israel. Uh, Be'er Sheva that we came to many, many years ago was completely different to what it is today. Uh, and my parents decided to go to Be'er Sheva directly because my mother has a cousin in Be'er Sheva that she was living there already for a couple of years, maybe three or four years even. Mm -hmm. And she has kids more or less about our age so oh, it was good. yeah it was the idea was to to be in a place where we as kids would have some you know uh, first friends to gather with uh, which is also family so it was very nice it was a very very good idea although Beersheva and Buenos Aires besides that both start with a B <laughs> have nothing to do one with the other especially not so many years ago uh, yeah, in the middle of the desert, we came in the middle of the night to a place called Merkaz Klita, which is the, um, you know, uh, um, immersion center, mm -hmm. a very, very long building with a lot of apartments for immigrants from all over the world. Wow. It was very interesting. We lived there for six months and then we moved out to our apartment. And yeah, but it was Beersheva from day one. Wow. Okay. So you, what was the acclimation like? Was it difficult? Was it easy? You, you said you grew up in, in a Jewish community. Yeah. I don't know what level of Hebrew you were. Um, probably more than mine. <laughs> um, but you're in Israel. Hebrew is the native language. Yeah. And Beersheva is not the most, um, at that time, yeah. cosmopolitan place. Right, yeah. Well, we were in the absorption center with mm -hmm. people from all over the world. So a lot of uh, Spanish speakers were also living there. Really? Maybe with more, yeah, with more experience than, uh, than our experience. Uh, but yes, I, as I told you, I studied in a Jewish high school mm -hmm. uh, and a Jewish elementary school. So I knew Hebrew 
uh, at the extent that I could manage myself through, you know. Um, you could get milk. Yeah, you I could, could get, get milk. <laughs> More than that, you know, when we came, uh, when we landed, mm-hmm. two suitcases were missing. Oh. So um, I knew English back then, but you know, when you come after so many hours of traveling mm-hmm. and so excited from one on the uh, one side and also a little bit oh, very upset on the other mm-hmm. side, because um, we left, you know, a lot of family and friends, and it was really disturbing uh, at the same time. And we needed to go and file for two missing suitcases, and we did it with our Hebrew as much as we could. So <laughs> we didn't have a lot of uh, time to, you know, just sit around and get settled. We just started from day one at the Rolling. airport. Exactly. And since my Hebrew was quite good, um, I was put in a regular classroom uh, at school. Wow. It was, you know, the thing is that in Israel, uh, between 10th through 11th grade and basically also during the 12th grade, the last uh, year of studies, students to take like uh, like the uh, ACTs as in, mm-hmm. in the States. So it's very similar. It's called Baguyot. So you need to study starting ninth grade and then starting to take uh, the final exams. But I got here, it was September, the beginning of the year. Uh, I was supposed to be in the 11th grade and I didn't study anything towards those uh, uh, exams. So it was quite difficult. But since my Hebrew was quite okay, I was put in a program that taught, you know, a a two-year program. Uh, where we could uh, uh, study everything that we needed for these final exams and take all the exams by the end of the 12th grade. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And they also really helped me a lot. I had, you know, uh, classes, uh, you know, um, personal classes maybe after school, Mm -hmm. and they helped me with with things that I didn't quite grasp, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, history book in, 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 in Hebrew. I remember that the, the first class that I was in when I entered the school, it was math. So I was there sitting in a classroom full of students. Everybody spoke in Hebrew. I looked at the blackboard and I said, okay, I know that. I see that it is a triangle, but I didn't know how to say triangle in Hebrew back then. So I understood the formulas and I saw that I can understand what's going on, but mm-hmm. how do you say triangle in Hebrew? How do you say, you know, things like that I didn't really know. So it was very, very strange, but I managed. And then by, by the end of the 12th grade, I did all the exams and it was it was really okay. Excellent. And <laughs> from there, yeah. you went on to service? Yes, of course. I was very eager to go to the army. Wow. I, you know, uh, since I came almost... At the age of 17, mm-hmm. uh, I was doubting if the army will be aware of me <laughs> <laughs> and cut me, you know, on time for my service. So that's a really funny, funny story, actually. Please. I told you that I had cousins in in, in Beersheba. Mm-hmm. And back then, my cousin uh, was in the army. She's older than me. Uh, maybe two years older than me, and she was in the army, and I asked her for her help, and she came with me uh, to the, the, you know, the base where uh, students, you know, 
in high school when you go and take the tests and the exams mm-hmm. before to uh, you go to the army uh, nobody called me uh, so I went by myself with her <laughs> I just got her with me and she explained why I was there and what I was looking for they were a little bit surprised because nobody had my file you know my name was not there and that's what I actually that what I thought that nobody will reach out until maybe too late and I and didn't then, yeah exactly, you don't want to get in trouble exactly. or anything like not, not only in trouble I really didn't want to uh, go to the army as any other Israeli girl excellent so I went by myself and I needed to wait a little bit until they just you know opened the file for me <laughs> and I started taking the tests the that same day Wow. And yeah, so I went to the army. <laughs> and what did you do in the army? Um, I had two jobs. The first one was uh, like, uh, you can say that it is a little bit like a social worker for only women soldiers at the beginning. Okay. Okay. Uh, but since the army went more feminist in those days, mm-hmm. so that job was just canceled out. Wow. Yeah, because uh, basically the the story is that if you want equality and you want girls to have the same um, possibilities than uh, boys when they come to the army, why do you need a special program program for uh, for girl soldiers? Level they the should be field. exactly. They should be treated the same as as other soldiers. So that was um, canceled. Uh, which was very nice because I ended up being like more or less also like a social worker, mm-hmm. but for soldiers, boys and girls, uh, that come from a underprivileged um, background, okay, social or economic uh, background, uh, and the program is uh, to let them, uh, you know, get back to community, they get back to the society. Uh, get maybe some tools during the, their service in the mm-hmm. army. Uh, some of them go and take courses in um, uh, like cooking or things that, you know, different things. I've heard things. of this program. Yeah. I, I have. And wow, that you were, it's, yeah. it's actually very illuminating <laughs> that this is what you did. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was uh, really nice. It was really nice to get to know, you know, people, soldiers from mm-hmm. different parts of the country. Uh, I was uh, settled in Beersheba as well. My service was also in Beersheba, so I didn't go far. Uh, in the, See the headquarters, world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the southern headquarters. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and w- our job was right to across from the Boreka place. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yes. exactly. <laughs> Umi, right? Oh, go on, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we we were, you know, we would receive these. Um, soldiers after their long uh, course that they do at the beginning of the army. Okay. Some of them, you know, finish school, take the the final exams from high school or things like that. And oh, then they really? come down. Yeah, yeah. It's also something that is done through the army sometimes. That's excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we would help the, uh, them to decide where would be better for them to be, in what kind of base. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then we've visited them you know just to make sure they were on track yeah that's that's excellent Mm -hmm. that's so great now um from there Mm -hmm. 
did you take a gap year? Do the get your picture taken on top of Machu Picchu like everyone does? <laughs> Not so much. And the reason is uh, that um, I didn't travel to Argentina back then mm -hmm. uh, until the end of the army. So one of my goals was to go back and, you know, meet family and friends, basically. Uh, so I didn't do a very long trip around the world in South America <laughs> yeah. or in, you know, Thailand or India. That's the other place the exactly. Instagram pictures are from. So, yeah. 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 So what I did is I traveled to Buenos Aires for almost two months mm -hmm. and just stay there and was, you know, gathered with friends and, you know, things like that. Okay. Yeah. And then, then what did you move on to? Education? Then uh, when I came back, uh, actually we had a stop by in Italy and Albania where I met my boyfriend back then, who is my husband today. <laughs> yeah, we are together a long time, for a long time. Metsu Jan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we met in Italy after almost two months that we've been apart because oh, I was wow. in Argentina and he was working. Uh, in Israel, so we met in Italy and we went around a bit and we went to Albania because he's from Albania. So we went to Albania and had a really good time wow. over there. Yeah. Uh, when I came back, I, yeah, my plans were to start studying. Uh, and of course, I studied also in Beersheba <laughs> at BGU, <laughs> Ben Gurion University Yay! of the Negev. Yeah, I did my BA there in English Linguistics and Education. Wow. Yeah, and that was my, yeah, my first degree. It was a really, really fun time. It was very nice. Uh, you know, I had a great time as a student uh, at the university. And when I finished, I decided that I wanted to do something with culture and language. So I started uh, a master's degree in anthropology. Wow. My goal was to do something with, you know, people, languages, uh, from my own experience of being an a new immigrant and having this mix of languages going around in my head <laughs> and how they reflect on society. And it was really, really nice. I took that master. I did only one year and then I... I understood that it was, you know, the focus of that, those studies were not exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, so I left that for uh, after a year. I didn't finish that master degree, but it was very, very illuminating and very of interesting course. for my own experience. Uh, so then I started to teach English, you know, after school for kids or Hebrew for new immigrants, Spanish, things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for a while, for uh, maybe two or three years. Um, and then I, when I had my first kid and he was uh, supposed to go to kindergarten, uh, I looked for a job that will be, you know, more like a mother-like job. Because mm -hmm. most of the times when I had, uh, you know, uh, these private lessons were maybe in the afternoon or at night even. And I wanted to... Uh, start working in more regular hours. So, <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Yeah, exactly. So uh, I turned to high school and I started uh, working as an uh, English teacher and as a tutor for classrooms mm -hmm. uh, and also taught uh, private, not private courses, but, uh, you know, supportive courses in English for the students that were in the um, boarding school. 
This okay. school where I taught is called Eshel Anasi. Is a youth vi- it's a yeah it's a youth village. Okay. Just maybe 10-15 minutes outside from Beersheba. Oh wow. Um so I taught in the school during the e- during the day and in the afternoons I to I taught uh, the kids from the boarding school uh, in the same place. And that was for two years. And then after two years, I really liked the, the um, you know, educational or pedagogical approach of the boarding school. So I stopped teaching in the, in the high school and I went to work 100% oh. in the boarding school, which means that we moved to the youth village and we oh, lived wow. there as a oh, family wow. for two years. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's the farthest, the furthest I... God from Beersheba <laughs> as a leaving. You were so uh, close. Yeah, very, very close. But we lived there for two years. Okay. Um, and after two years, we decided to go back to Beersheba because the, the, the work was very, it was fascinating, but it was, you know, 24-7. Yeah, you're there all the time. All the time. You live there and it's not just by chance that you live there. You live there because you are needed there yeah. 24-7, including weekends, including holidays, including wow. everything. And I had to... Uh, young kids one was four years old and the other one just was born there as soon as we got there he was born um so well, you needed when, a break you exactly, needed a break we, from it we needed uh, something that would be you know a good work for me but also something that would uh, let us have a normal family life with a yeah um as he was like the older one was almost six years old and mm-hmm. this and the second one was two years old so we Went back to Beersheba, and that's when I started working at BGU. Wow! Basically, yeah. yeah. Now, were you with? And I, I'm, I'm going to use the old term just for history's mm-hmm. sake. When did you go right into it? So BGU International, who you work for now, yeah, um, used to be called OSP, right? Um, and I always get it wrong. Uh, overseas student, student program. program. Exactly. I always leave the student <laughs> out and just say over because the yes. program. Yeah, exactly. But it's the it used to be yeah the overseas student program. Now it's called BG International. But basically, BG International is the like the house of all uh, non degree programs at BGU, mm-hmm. uh, and it is part of the Office of International Academic Affairs, which is responsible for all the academic affairs within you know international inter- students exactly international yeah. students and visiting i think it's visiting visiting uh, academics visiting, as well yeah it's visiting staff visiting students international students coming uh, to bgu um and also we are in charge of the outgoing students from bgu that go to study abroad for a semester or a year oh, as well yeah. wow. so mobility in general and we take care also f- of the, all the agreements that need to be, you know, uh, settled between the universities, between institutions. It's really fun and very, very diverse what we do. Good. Um, quickly, before you go into yeah. that, can we have a quick history, literally quick history? Yeah. I know that <laughs> could go on for days if we spoke of it, but a quick history of Ben Gurion University and of the program. Yeah, well, BGU was founded in 1969. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, this year we are we tur- we just turned 50. So there, there's a lot of celebration going around, and it's really fun. Uh, and BGU is settled in Beersheba, which is basically 
in the south of the country. Mm-hmm. Geographically speaking, is in the middle of the yes. in the center of the <laughs> of the map, we could say. But it's in the desert. Um, Beersheba used to be a very peripheral city. Today, nowadays, is has developed a lot and is continuing to develop. Um, so the university was settled with uh, basically two mandates, not only to be a very uh, strong academic uh, research institution, mm-hmm. which is also in charge of educating the new uh, generations, but also another uh, mandate to develop the city, to develop the Negev region, to develop the country through the desert. Uh, so our campus, our university is very, very environmental, very uh, socially um, um, involved. In- involved it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, in a lot of programs. Um, and yeah, that's part of our DNA. But not just that. I mean, mm-hmm. I get the newsletter from BGU International. Mm-hmm. There's everything from, and it, it's ironic because it's in the middle of the desert, yeah. but I get all of these water emails yeah. about all the work. Well, actually, it, it does make sense. It does. BGU, BGU has three campuses. The main campus is in Beersheba. Mm-hmm. The second campus is in Sdeboker, which is really the middle of the desert. <laughs> and then uh, the third campus is in Eilat, south of Israel, you know, basically as there we have uh, hospitality and biology, marine biology and things like that. But in our second campus in Sdeboker, uh, which is in the middle of the desert, we have the Blaunstein Institute for the Research of the Desert. And they have a very big institute for hydrology and water management wow. and the develop of, you know, developing different innovative um, research uh, that treat the desert as their field work, which is just outside the lab. And it's where all the, you know, agricultural solutions and water management and, and, you know, things that are linked to the desert, but are today with a lot of so many, you know, environmental problems around the globe, um, the solutions come from these places that are more, you know, um, uh, let's say it's difficult to live mm-hmm. in the desert. So you need to find the resources uh, to do so. So that's what we developed there. That's awesome. That is so great. Now, going back to Ulpan yeah. real quickly and tying in to what you just spoke mm-hmm. about. Um, I know that there are a number of programs mm-hmm. based on this newsletter that I yeah. just continue to get. And mm-hmm. I don't worry, I love reading it. Um, <laughs> you can work on some of these programs in uh, as an international student. Is that correct? What do you mean by like working? The- so there, w- well, actually, let me roll that back into yeah. something a little smaller. What are some of the programs that you can... Uh, that you can work on while you're here at BGU? Well, basically, as you know, the summer program, the, mm-hmm. the Ulpan is dealt in the summer and also in during the winter as well for six weeks. Uh, that's a very short program. We have other kinds of short programs uh, in, that deal with global health, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Uh, business intelligence with uh, with cybersecurity applications also a very very good program during the win- the summer sorry in July, and we have a brand new program which 
combines engineering and innovation, which is called entrepreneurship focused robotics, that is uh, uh, able to uh, offer the students coming from all over the world for four weeks, a very intensive course that has both um, an academic course and also it's held as a challenge where the students need to develop something and is... um, it's okay. Take it's, your time. Yeah, you got it. it. It's um, we have three companies that uh, sponsor us: Nikon, Amazon, and General Motors that mentor the students wow. during their challenge uh, in the program. Yeah, it's a brand new program that we're having this July and very fun. And you know, it's a mixture of of what BGU does, making things together. A lot of multidisciplinary uh, programs as we have a lot of institutes that do this kind of multidisciplinary research. Uh, You can also come for a semester or for Mm -hmm. a whole year, take a semester abroad. This is what I was talking about, because about the programs down in Stede Boca and all that, because there are classes Mm -hmm. when I was looking at the course. This was years ago. So, (laughs) but yeah, go on about the, about the um, semester program. Exactly. Students that want to spend more time and not take a whole degree, because, you know, we also have international students coming for a whole degree at BGU for a full BA or MA or doctorate or postdocs. We have, yeah, a lot of students that come for longer time, longer times. But uh, if you come as a non-degree student, meaning that you don't get a degree from BGU, but you only do a part of your studies at BGU, Mm -hmm. coming for a semester is a great idea because you come you are a completely you know israeli bgu student you get all the things that are you know all the privileges and also all the uh, <laughs> exactly everything <laughs> that you need to do during the semester you take courses in he- in english um uh, some of the courses are held through our uh, department. Some of them are held through different regular departments at BGU in our six faculties. And you can you know, mix and match courses according to your personal field of interest. And that's a very good way to get immersive, immer- you know, immersed in the, pr- in, in the society, in the campus, be part of everything that is going on in our very vibrant campus, participate in the Purim Festival, participate yeah. in volunteering opportunities, uh, you know, things like uh, any other Israeli student would do. Absolutely. And the campus is amazing. Mm-hmm. The campus is spread out. It's And it's funny because as hot as Bersheva can get in the <laughs> summer, you're always, it can find a cool spot. Um, of course, you know, AC is everywhere yeah. in Israel, especially in Beersheba, which is really, it can get really, really hot in the summer. But it's a vibrant, um, it, modern campus. Yeah, yeah. And what is special about our campus, as opposed to other campuses in Israel uh, and other universities uh, mm-hmm. around the country, is that we are a very, very, you know, social campus. Students come to study at BGU within Israel from the whole country. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very diverse. It means that you have people from different cities, kibbutzim, uh, villages, Druze villages in the, in the north, and uh, Bedouin villages around the city in Beersheba, and people that are commuting from different places. So it's very diverse. It's very uh, interesting. It's very vibrant. And everything is done... Th- within the campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I told you before, you know, Beersheba is not one of the uh, 
biggest cities in Israel is only the fourth one after Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, and Haifa. Uh, so a lot of things were developed because of the university. It's like a, camp, a, um, a campus town. Yes. Uh, and a lot of things are going on around campus. A lot of, you know, bars, pubs, and, and, and restaurants, and projects, social projects for students that they can volunteer, get a scholarship in, in, wow. in return, and they are really involved in what the community needs and what the city needs, and different projects like that. So it's a very, very strong point for students that are looking for something from a, a different uh, experience. Both for Israeli and also for international students as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Now, Bereshava, in the years that I've been coming there, mm-hmm. the national or the the city bird for the uh, the city of Bereshava should be the crane with all the cranes <laughs> that are towering <laughs> over it. So much has changed. Just yeah. if you go from one year to the next. Where, where did this come from? Holy cow, where did this come from? <laughs> well, you know, we have a mayor that is great, mm-hmm. Rubik Danilovic. He's developed the city, like, a lot in almost every field, I can say. When I was uh, back then, maybe before we had kids, me and my husband were maybe thinking if you if it would be better for us to leave Beersheba and go to another city in order to educate our kids. And we decided to stay in Beersheba, and I think it was one of the mo- the best decisions that we took because there is a lot going on, you know, socially, culturally, uh, educationally. The city has many, many, many new neighborhoods for that are suitable for families with a lot of parks, green areas just in the middle of the desert, which are really, really great. Uh, the city was uh, um, decided to be the cyber capital of Israel. So it means that a lot of, of things uh, in this uh, area mm-hmm. were developed. IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, uh, all the intelligence parts would move to the south, would move to Beersheba. Uh, and basically you have like the um, the main campus, main BGU campus. Mm-hmm. Just across the street you have the Soroka Medical Hospital, uh, which is a university hospital. It yes. is part of the university and it's the uh, biggest hospital in the south. Could you, before you go yeah. on, could yeah. you talk about the School for International... Uh, no, it's School for Global Medicine. Exactly. We have MSIH, a program which is the Medical School for International Students, which is basically focused on global health. Mm-hmm. It's a four-year program, an MD program, where students from the state or any other part of the world come after they have a pre-med, after they already have a BA, mm-hmm. Uh, for four years to study and get an MD focused on global uh, health. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's a very, very nice and very interesting program. They have electives that go, you know, they, they go everywhere. They wow. go to Africa, they go to South America, Central America, places that are um, underprivileged. And they really get medicine done there. It's really, really amazing. But that's just one example of Beersheba. Yeah. In, in there are preconceived notions about Beersheba being this dusty place mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. But yeah. when you hear a story like that, yeah. it's it's what 
You have that there? That's yeah, amazing. We do. we do, and we have much more. Keep going, please. Have, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. But what I mean is that we have the main campus, and just across the street, we have the um, Soroka University Medical Hospital. Just across of that, uh, if you remember where the Gimel dorms were, and mm-hmm. just in front of that, there is the sports center. So... Behind the sports center, we have a train station. Yes. Remember that? Yes. It goes directly to <clears> campus, <throat> so it's very, very easy to travel to and from mm-hmm. Beersheba and BGU especially because we have a train station just across. You, we, you, know, you go up to the bridge and you just enter the campus directly. But on the other side of that train station, we have the high-tech park, the new high-tech park, which has right now three buildings fully equipped and full of tenants. And a Domino's pizza. Exactly. There is a Domino's pizza over there, right? (laughs) Exactly. And there is a very nice pub now. It's called Jams. Yeah, it's a brewery. It's a really nice place. Wow. And a new neighborhood has developed because of that high-tech park. Yeah. And there will be more than 10 or 11 buildings. And everything is fully packed. Uh, And a lot of uh, international companies have settled their offices in this high-tech park. And actually, last month, Beersheba was, um, they just launched the innovation, um, how it's called, sorry, it's the innova- innovation uh, center? No, the, the district, sorry. District, it's it's sorry. a new thing for us, yeah. <laughs> uh, Beersheba has been settled as the new innovation district of Israel. Wow. So it means that a lot of companies will come and a lot of things will be developed as the innovation center of Israel. And it's really fun because you really see things changing one year by year. And if, well, you told me that next week we are, you're coming yes. down to Beersheba. Yes. So you'll need to go around and see how much the city has changed. Well, because someone told me they were building a hotel and a, con- a brand yes. new hotel and convention center yeah. for th- all of those buildings. Exactly, yeah. A lot of, th- uh, there are a lot of uh, projects going on. And, you know, the main campus is going to double its size because we have already started building a northern campus. Where? Yeah, you'll see that <laughs> okay. uh, through Ramot. <laughs> Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. And, and the, you know, it will be double because, because we need more classrooms. We need more labs. We need a, a new co- uh, international convention center that will be built there because uh, we are growing all the time. Because the last time I was at Ulpan, the building where Ulpan mm-hmm. was, yeah. to the left of it, there were building two tall buildings. Yeah. Are so, those finished? I think so. And wow. I, I think that, I believe so, because there is only one building that is still being built in mm-hmm. campus, and that will be the last one. We cannot build any more buildings in our current campus. We don't have enough place for that. <laughs> That's it. We have reached our capacity of buildings in this area. So we are already building our northern campus, which will, we as I told to. you, it will yeah double wow. the size of the campus. That's amazing. All right. Now, um, the last thing I want to talk about mm-hmm. is why Bersheva yeah. is so important for international students, especially international students coming to learn Ivri, to learn Hebrew. Yeah. Okay. So, as I told you, Bersheva has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, historically, Bersheva as a peripheral city uh, absorbed a lot of new immigrants from all over the world. So there are 
people that come from very diverse places. We have a lot of Ethiopians, we have a lot of Russian immigrants, we have a lot of, um, you know, uh, born and raised Israelis. It's a very, very diverse... Your kids. Uh, my kids, exactly. My kids, well, you know, I'm from Argentina, my husband is from Albania. They are very, very, uh, you know, different from uh, wow. any other uh, backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And... This means that uh, the, socially speaking, mm -hmm. the um, community is very, very diverse. So if you want to get to know the real Israel, let's say, and get immersed in the real society, uh, that's a very good place to go. Uh, people are very, very friendly since it's, um, although we have a lot of traffic nowadays that yes. we didn't used to have, but it's not uh, so big as other cities in Israel, as Jerusalem or Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to find your way in the city, uh, find whatever you want to do. Uh, there are a lot of possibilities, but it, within those very huge possibilities, it's mm -hmm. a rather small city so it's very friendly for people that need to find their way and get settled as soon as possible because their uh, experience will be short let's say a semester four or five months okay or even for a year now we also as i told you are geographically in the middle of the country so it's very very easy to travel around incredibly if easy. you are in Beersheba. exactly you have trains and 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 buses and you know everything is really easy going uh, in that matter so i really really think that it's a city that can g give you different shades of what israel is and you can you know meet israeli students mm -hmm. live with them as roommates in the dorms and also have your international community of students uh, within the campus and meet people from different backgrounds and volunteer in a nearby town, maybe with Bedouins. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you really get to see a lot of, sh of different uh, colors of yeah. Israel. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> all right. I am going to put all of the information for BGU International into the description of the YouTube version of this mm -hmm. podcast here. Um, and in closing, is there anything that you'd like to mention, anything that we may not have spoke about? Uh, yeah, a little bit of our <coughs> department, let's say, the Office of International Academic Affairs. As I told you, we are in charge of academic uh, things and uh, aspects of the institution. And we also have a very large staff that really is um, our... Uh, goal is to make the international students' lives as easy as possible once they are here. We have social counselors and door counselors and students coordinator and we are we like to call ourselves home away from home for students that are here for uh, a short period of time during their lives. Maybe four weeks, maybe one year, but um, we are there for them for anything that they need to. Uh, you know, how to get to a doctor in case you need or where to go and do your hair or whatever is needed. Uh, what kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, 
supermarket go to, to go mm-hmm. to and things like that you know it, those could be very small things that you might not think about when when you are new in a place um it's it's hard to find your way so it's also something that we really like to do for our students and hopefully they will feel at home <laughs> with us <laughs> well you just touched on something and i was going <laughs> to end the show but i have to say this so and I've spoken about this before on my podcast. Um, I was in the military for 10 years Mm -hmm. and I had to get out, um, because I got injured and it was difficulty. It was difficult, traumatic. Um, but I decided to push right back in and went back to college. Mm -hmm. Part of that was the study abroad program to come to see you. Um, while I was here. Yeah. It was a little difficult for me. Of course. But, and I'm probably going to get a little misty. Um, <laughs> sitting in the office with the strong women who run the OSP <laughs> had a healing effect on me. That is so amazing. <laughs> and thank you so much for everything you. you've done for me. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> all right, on that note, that's it. Lila Perlman Sopi. Thank Thank you you so much for being here. Thank you, Michael. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) All right, that's it. Todoroba. Legitro Odve. Yalla bye. Thank you.